Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. In, in, in the epistle to the Ephesians, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a sermon series of, uh, within the book of Ephesians. And the first two chapters, you know, we uncovered that God has given us um, the Holy Spirit as a down payment this is this is his down payment upon us and and the 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 evidence of that is that he gave us the holy spirit which basically sets us aside so you and i in essence we've been put on layaway god said you know what Uh, they may still be on the shelf but they belong to me i put a down payment on them they're mine you can't sell them you can't touch them. They may be in the shelf, they may be in the store, but they belong to me. And that's God saying that we're, we're his ownership. We're his property. Amen? You OPP? We've learned that. <laughs> I'm his property. Amen? Hallelujah. We've also learned that uh, when we come together, we, you and I, when we come together, we are the church of God, and we form the body of Christ. One could be the nose, the other one could be the ear, the other one's the tail, but all of us together, we form the body of Christ. And so, you, you ever notice, anybody ever like kind of hurt their knee, and you kind of got a, lot, a little bit of a limp, and then all of a sudden, because you're, 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 uh, um, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're limping to comp, you're compensating to take pain off of one, but then all of a sudden you realize because you got this knee thing, now your back is starting to go. Right? Because one thing goes, then something else goes because you're compensating for the one thing. This is why when we as the body, if the knee's not functioning right, all of us cannot function right. The interest that we begin to take place inside one another is for the overall health of us as a body as a whole when one hurts we all hurt when one celebrates we all celebrate we are the body of the living god and 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 he is able to take our mess and turn it into a message we who have been in chaos before christ our lives no rhyme or reason and, and, and we learned that we're brought into order and we become God's poetry in motion. And then last week we learned of a father's love story and adoption and how you and I, the disheveled kids, you know, the, the, the rattery street kids out, out there with, with, all of a sudden God comes in and says, you know what? That's the one I want to adopt. That's the one that I'm going to claim to be mine. And we're brought into this order. We're brought into this family through the spirit of adoption and how Christ becomes our peace and our chief cornerstone. So, so far in the book of Ephesians, this is what we've covered in topic. And if you've missed any of these and you want to catch this in its entirety, I would recommend you whatever device you have, iPhone, Android, whatever, Google Play or iTunes, um, just type in, in the search engine, the Peak Community Church, and every message that we've preached um, is available for you for free online. And you can kind of catch up with, uh, with, with, with this message and this series. 
today, Paul is going to speak to us regarding a mystery. He says that there is a mystery or an enigma. And here's, here's really what, what was once concealed in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, is revealed. That which was once concealed in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, is now revealed. What do I mean by that? Well, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of images, there's a lot of typography, there's a lot of shadows, what Paul calls, these are shadows and types. The, the tabernacle was, that was in the wilderness had three courts in it, and, and within it there was a process in order to be able to get into the Holy of Holies. And there was a process that, that the priest would have to go through in regards to his own cleansing and his own redemption and his own blood sacrifice and the burnt offerings and the washing of the lavern in order to be able to enter into the inner court, which is then the candelabra and the showbread, which then brings us to the place of the altar of incense and that altar of incense then is the praise it's a sweet aroma unto the god's nostrils and and how that that prepares us then into the true place of worship that then we can enter in to his presence into the most holy place the holy of holies where his presence dwelled and that process there was a process in the old tabernacle but jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me and what he was saying is that what the old tabernacle was in the old testament is who he is now in the new testament that was just a shadow and type of who i am because he is who he is the i am that i am what was once concealed in the old testament now in the New Testament is revealed. And he, he gives us a, this is a three point message. It's the, he's gonna reveal the mystery, what the mystery is. He's gonna tell us what the purpose of the mystery. And then he's gonna give us an appreciation of the mystery through a prayer. He gives what's called the second apostolic prayer in the New Testament. And so he, he breaks out into this area of, of application of worship in prayer as he prays for the saints. Amen? So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to take the first seven verses, and we're going to start there. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. It is living. It is alive. It is, O oh Father God, a standard. It is a foundation, O oh Lord, in which we want to construct our lives. We thank you, Father God, that your word will go out and according to you will not return unto you void. So I pray right now, O oh God, that we may be in tune to the spirit we may have on our eyes. Open up our ears, O oh God, that we may be in tune to the spiritual things, to your truths that you want to reveal to us this morning. And I just pray, God, for a great unction of your Holy Spirit to come fill us guide us reveal all mysteries to us O oh lord father that we can live empowered lives unto righteousness and holiness for the glory of your name we pray amen and amen and amen hallelujah Woo! come on i feel like the mystery revealed what is the mystery 
Paul says in chapter 3, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. When I read this passage, the first thing that kind of stood out to me is that although Paul is in a Roman prison, under Roman guard, in Roman shackles, who does he say he's a prisoner of? Who? Christ. He says he's a prisoner of Christ, but he's under Roman guard and Roman rule. And, and, and I just, I just think that it's amazing how many of us seem to blame our circumstances. Come on. We just look at the surface of situations and we want to blame where we are or what we don't have or who's not with us. We, we have these pity parties because of the circumstances that we're in. Oh, why me, Lord? If only, but my parents didn't. God's wisdom takes us deeper. If we are truly children of God, and if we're walking in obedience, whatever the circumstances that would arise in our lives, we have to know that it's Father-filtered. If God is allowing a certain situation within our lives, we ought to take the attitude of not resisting it, but embracing it. Calm waters never made a skilled sailor. Still waters never made a skilled sailor. Sometimes we can't, instead of praying against the storm, we need to pray, God, strengthen the bow of my boat. huh? Sturdy my sail and my anchor. Make my rudder, oh Father God, ever faithful that I can steer this ship in the midst of the storms and stay the course. See, Paul knew that. He was staying the course, even though he was imprisoned and guards and, and, and he was under shackles and chains and under Roman authority. He knew that ultimately it wasn't Rome who commanded over him, but it was Christ himself. I'm a prisoner of Christ. If I'm in these shackles, I'm in these shackles for him and not for man. God's wisdom takes us deeper. If Christ is in us, our lives is no longer our own. In fact, the Bible says that we've been paid for with a price. Paul's entire life is for Christ. If I live, if I live as Christ and if I die, it's gain. And whether we live or die in Christ, family, we live. We live. Amen? And in Christ, there is a mystery. 
that has now been revealed. And what is that mystery? He further explains that both Jew and Gentile will become partners in God's covenant of salvation. That, that although we are culturally different, although you were given the oracles of God and we were known as Gentiles, as the Philistines, as the outsiders, what, what the word of God is saying is that the mystery of God is that he would unite all of his creation as one. That we would be granted to have the same privileges and the same promises as Israel. Hallelujah. And of course, by whom is this mystery revealed? That we can be partakers to the promises of Israel. And how is this revealed to us? By whom is this mystery revealed? Verse 5 tells us it's only by His Spirit. His Spirit. The Holy Spirit. If we don't have the Holy Spirit functioning and revealing things to us, then, then we're lost. Here, here, this is how he says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Hallelujah. Paul says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches the things, yes, the deep things of God. Oftentimes we, we find ourselves in struggles and, and, and often it, it, it's sometimes even hard to get along with people. Sometimes we as parents, we're praying for our children. Sometimes as, as partners, we may be praying for our husband and our wife. Maybe we have that cousin or that aunt that's, that's far away. Maybe they're hurting and they're painful. Uh, maybe they're outside their minds and they're caught up in, in, in addictions or, or in their own lifestyle patterns. How can we reach them? The fact of the matter is that we really can't. The only thing that you and I is con- in, are in control of is ourselves. And the only thing that we can do is say, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you and we lift people up in prayer. Because God can search the unsearchable. He can see and hear the thoughts of man. He penetrates beyond the superficial and into the heart. And we don't know what's inside of our heart of man. But if we turn around and we lift a person up in prayer, Lord, Father God, have your way in said individual. Bring forth the revelation upon them. Till the heart of their ground, the ground of their heart, Lord God, that, that they can receive and be receptive. I, I pray, oh Father God, and, and as we lift people up unto God, He is faithful and able to go where we can't go, to reveal what we can't reveal, to show and bring forth the feeling and emotion of salvation within the heart. That's what it is to be born again. To know that you know that you know. At the moment that you die, that you're going to be in heaven, that you're going to be in the presence of the Almighty God, that your sins have truly been forgiven, wiped out. There is nothing, no strike, no X mark, no check against you that can withhold you from the love of God. John 16, 13, Jesus Christ speaking says this, however, when he 
the spirit of truth. I love the personage of, of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if as we study the scriptures, we see the Holy Trinity involved there. The, these three personages, they're separate as individuals, but they function as, as one. If we could grasp the mystery, mystery of, of, of the Trinity of God, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Hallelujah. The moving, living, functioning personage of the Holy Spirit, of God's Spirit in our lives. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I love when Jesus turned around and he told his disciples, man, yo, I got to go. But it's good that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to be able to send one to you. The parakletos. In the Greek, it's, it, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the advocate, the comforter. And if we were to think the, 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 the function that Jesus had with his disciples as he walked upon the earth. Huh? The water being sight to the blind. The heal, the healer giving sight to the blind, opening up deaf ears, bringing the dead back to life. This, this, this person, this guide, this counsel, this teacher, rabbi, teacher, come, speak to me, teach us. What, what is the kingdom of heaven like? This function that Jesus had as he walked with his disciples in the New Testament. He's saying that we now have him in spirit form. So he is no longer uh, uh, limited into a time and space as a man, but now in his spirit is able to be with all of us. At the same time, his omnipresence. And so we have, and, 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 and the things that Jesus did with his disciples, he's able to do in and through us. We have Christ himself living inside of us, his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If we could just grab a hold of that, the empowerment that he gives unto us to will and do according to his good pleasure without the functioning of the holy spirit inside your lives you are powerless it's the unction of the holy spirit that empowers us to live lives that are holy and acceptable unto god that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness that we would no longer be attracted into the things of this world as sin begets sin and the wages of sin is death and we become miserable because we're 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 stuck in this rut and we can't get out well jesus breaks those chains and sets us free and empowers us to live righteous amen humanity cannot and will not ever grasp the fullness of god without having received first the spirit of god we need to have the spirit of god the spirit of god cannot and will not reside in humanity while it's blotted and corrupted by sin what does holiness have to do with sin? It's, it, 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 it's, it's oil and vinegar. Right? Oil and water. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ must have been understood and openly received so that sin 
could be eradicated. See, because we're, we're, we're corrupted. Come on. Me on my best day? I'm no good. <laughs> God has made me good. When I'm left to my own devices, I know, I know where my choices will take me. Been there, done that. The only way that God, a holy God, can come and have communion with me, a union in common, I have to get rid of the sin factor in my life. Jesus came and paid for my sin. And so when I apply that over my life, it takes the sin away. It makes me holy in, in front of a, a, a holy God. Do I feel all that holy? Oftentimes, no. But his presence in my life empowers me, motivates me, inspires me. It's a fire and it's a passion for me. The things that I used to enjoy doing, I look at it as foolishness now. And the things that I used to run from, come on, I used to walk down the street and somebody was preaching Jesus on the corner. I crossed the street. I don't want to hear that nonsense. What, are you kidding me? That crutch, that clutch, that, you know, only that's for the weak, that's for this, that's for that. Those are the things that I used to think about. That's what went, went through my mind. I don't need that. I need to be saved. Saved from what? <laughs> Please, bro. Like, I got this, man. I, yeah, that attitude, that worldly, fleshy attitude would come in and, and settle in. Jesus, his payment for my sins, takes the sin factor out of my life and gives the opportunity for him to be able to place his Holy Spirit inside of me. And once that Holy Spirit is inside of me, and I begin to nurture that, I begin to cultivate that. How do you do that? Fasting, praying, being in the Word, understanding the heart of God. Now all of a sudden, it's no longer my life that I'm living, but whose life is being lived through me? It's His. It's His. And isn't that what Jesus modeled and prayed? God, not my will be done. Your will. Paul continues by instructing us as to the purpose of the mystery. There was a mystery, the mystery that Jews and Gentiles both, that God would bring all of creation and unite them in one through Christ. He says the purpose of this mystery, Ephesians 8-13, through to me who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. And so it's not by social status or success and wealth Paul isn't identifying himself with the elite or the aristocrats. He's saying, I'm the least of these. Grace is not is given to the least of these. 
doesn't matter what you have in your bank account doesn't matter what kind of job you have doesn't matter what kind of designer jeans you've got on what God is saying is that his grace is available to everybody we're all in the same plane and you know what sometimes that's that, that can be that can be a little offensive that could be a little offensive I mean, uh, if, if I was to think of, you know, back in my days, my BC days and my youth and who I was, and then you have these righteous people that, that have lived good lives and, and don't go out and, and purposefully steal, cheat, rob, kill, destroy. And then all of a sudden that me, after, after all of the dirt that I've done, as dirty as these hands are, that now I can be an equal partaker that, that, that can be a little offensive. I know some law enforcement officers that, 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 that are Christian. And they tell me their stories in regards to how they didn't understand this whole nonsense. What are you talking about? That I'm in the same playing field as the robbers, the murderers, the drug dealers that I'm going out, I'm chasing after, I'm running down, I'm putting handcuffs on them, and I'm putting them in, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn around and tell me that they're just as righteous as I am? Self-righteousness could also be deceptive. What God is saying is that we're all in the same, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. Don't think that because you don't go out and do that you're okay. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy. Well, who are you comparing yourself to? Bin Laden? Castro? Who are you, who are you comparing yourself to? Well, I'm not as bad as Napoleon or Hitler, you know? <laughs> I'm not as bad as the pastor. <laughs> ah! Family, we're all in the same boat, man. We're all struggling. We're all in that fight. And at any given point in time, we could hit or miss. Yeah? I was told one o'clock. <sighs> hmm. Here. He speaks about the fellowship of the mystery. Fellowship, the Greek word, could also be better translated dispensation or distribution and so therefore what paul is speaking and what he's referring to is the call of preaching teaching ministering and giving away the knowledge of truth that all creation was brought forth by who verse 9 jesus christ nothing was created that was created without jesus christ in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and nothing was made that was made without the word in verse 14 and john states and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the father in colossians he speaks about that for us to capture the image of the invisible god all we have to do is lay our eyes upon jesus for jesus is the image of the invisible god hallelujah jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end it is and will be by his name that every knee will bow and that every tongue will confess that he is lord hallelujah and here the text reaches a new height, a new pinnacle. It ascends to the peak. Woo! 
the text descends to the peak and Paul describes that God has chosen us, the church, to reveal his manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Manifold wisdom in the Hebrew means that there are different hues and tones. The word picture is uh, like, like a diamond that has many sides to it, many shades, tints, hues, colorful expressions. His thoughts are so complex and multi-layered. You think you understand it one way and then he lets to see it in a different angle and all of a sudden poof, mind blown you ever read a scripture and, and, and you, you you feel like you understand it you got a revelation of it bam got it right and then all of a sudden a few years later after some experience after you've gathered a little bit of knowledge and wisdom you you go back and you read the same verse poof it's just another layer of it why didn't i see that then all of a sudden, it's like the Word of God is living and it's active and it's eternal just the way He is. You can't exhaust the Scriptures. Paul is saying that the church is the very instrument that God uses to display His many-sided variety and complex wisdom to whom it is revealed. And whom is He revealing whom is he utilizing the church as an instrument against? What rev whose revelation is this to? The non-believers? The people that are lost? No. Scripture says that it is to principalities and powers in heavenly places. And that sounds a little angelic, right? That could sound a little angelic, you know? Powers and principalities in the heavenly places. Now his manifold wisdom being, you know, and, and you think about powers and principalities, it's not angelic. The fact of the matter is, it's somewhat demonic. These powers and principalities, who are the powers and principalities and the rulers of the air? Who is it that we're fighting and we're combating? Satan and his demons. And there's a demonic hierarchy. Just the way, just the way there's an angelic hierarchy. Oh, we've got archangels, we've got cherubs, we've got seraphims. Uh, there, there's, there's order in the kingdom. There's a hierarchy. And just like there is order in the kingdom, there's also order in the darkness. And what Paul is really talking about here are the demonic forces, the evil powers trying to manipulate human behavior, thereby advancing satanic strategies. Remember the first chapter when Paul prayed for the saints? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every name that is named. Not only in this age, but in the age to come. Hallelujah. We're in this fight and we're in this battle. There is a demonic hierarchy of devils and demons that rule the air. We are at war, church. This isn't a playground. This is a battleground. And he has built his church in Christ as the very instrument to combat the demonic rebellion. And in verse 11, he reveals that this is his 
eternal purpose. That we as his church would distribute the knowledge of his truth in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit to push back devils and demons. Darkness must flee. You went to the room, darkness must flee. You went to the room, demonic forces must be silent. You went to the room, there is authority that comes with you. Hallelujah. And we declare this day that every grip that every demon or devil that has been loosed in the power of Christ to the glory of God. Last but not least, he closes in an apostolic prayer lifted up. He shows appreciation to the ministry. Verse 14 through 21, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations forever and ever he says strengthened with might which literally is translated become mighty in his power that we who are weak can now be made strong that Christ may dwell in our hearts. And dwell gives an image of habitation, staying in one place, comfortably living, st staying fit, staying place in, in, in one place. John records it this way. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him come on if anyone loves me he will keep my word so why, how do we know that we love god well we walk in obedience to his word so if we're walking in obedience that's showing that we love him that we trust him you can only love who you trust and you can only trust who you know and if we're within his word that his father will love us also and that dead two of them father and son will come and make their home with us. I mean, if we were watching a Batman and Robin show, I can almost hear the boy wonder exclaim, holy habitations, Batman, that'll put the devil to flight. Woo! The fullness of God himself living inside each and every one of us, his mystery revealed to the rulers of darkness. Hallelujah. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask and think according to the power that works in us, the only limitations that are placed upon God are those that confines him to our imaginations. He is able to do above what we can even imagine. I can imagine some great things, but God, God is even greater than that. We are no longer limited by the futility of our minds. No longer is God stuck in a box. He gives us visions and dreams. He empowers us to live victorious lives. We have been given back the authority to rule this land. 
and the heavenly places. I'll close with this thought. I'll close with this thought. Many reformers, those wanting to get away from man's doctrines and dogmas like Calvin called Christian gatherings quorum Dio in the presence of God. In the presence of God. The Puritans spoke of revival as the manifest presence of Christ. Where you can see the tangible evidence of God moving in the midst of his children. Hence, answered prayer. The tree is known by the fruit it produces. We come here because we know that God moves and he answers prayers. We have seen deliverance. We have seen oppression. We've seen drug addiction be broken. We have seen people being delivered from oppression. We have seen people coming out from jobless institutions to now working and functioning and active within their community. This is the fruit of what God is doing. And it is my prayer that every time we gather here at the peak, we would fervently seek his presence. That the manifold power pushing back the darkness and that we would be releasing his light. Would you bow your heads with me this morning and close your eyes? The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.